0: today
1: on code pen radio hello everybody time for another code pen radio number 336 where we're doing my favorite thing to do which is talk to somebody that's kind of from the code pen community about their work their life everything uh, and this is a particularly unique opportunity as you'll see in a minute this i have cassie evans here hey cassie Hello,
0: it's so lovely to be here. This is awesome. <laughs>
1: oh, oh, well, thank you. The pleasure is all mine. I assure you, um, Cassie, you your website is cassie.codes, which I would send it everybody to right away, just because it's such a it's just a beautiful specimen of a website. Period. But uh, it, it exemplifies a lot of what you do, and at least professionally, how people think of you. And you've, I think, I've heard you say this is what you know, kind of your happy place is animation and and particularly SVG related animation so that's that's where you spend a lot of your time yeah
0: yeah definitely i think um i came into the web from a design world so um when i started learning how to code a lot of the tutorials were a little bit too abstract for me and then when I found SVG I was like wait so you're telling me I can like create a thing in a graphics editor and then export it and then mess around with it in code and that's like design and code together and it was yeah just very exciting yeah so.
1: I, I yeah I'm not nearly as good at it as you but I feel the same way I think of how satisfying of a format SVG can be because we know these like tools that you might already know if you come from something of a design background like Adobe Illustrator. But, you know, these days there's more more options than that. But that was such a big player for so long. And then you're used to, like, using the pen tool and just living in the world of vector. And it just so happens that the web speaks those same languages. What?
0: Yeah, it's super exciting. That's
1: great. And then you can kind of apply your JavaScript and CSS knowledge to the party and what a what a fun thing that makes so so you did a bunch of that stuff i think i you know i when i first heard of you or whatever it was kind of your t- during your time at clear left and then have um which i'm sure was great it seems like this cool crew over there and then uh and then have more recently jumped over to green sock which makes GSAP or the green Sock animation platform uh, which is pretty cool too. Tell me what that's all about and what that was like. Yeah,
0: it's um, it's a big change from working at Clear Left. Um, so obviously, when I was at Clear Left, I was doing um, front end dev. So it was just kind of standard, get tickets, make websites. Finished making websites, website works, done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, whereas my new job is it covers a whole range of things. So I'm tinkering about on CodePen a lot, making lots of demos. Um, I'm also helping out in the forums with other people who are tinkering about on CodePen making <laughs> demos. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: and then kind of thinking about the future of GreenSock and helping people learn writing documentation making educational videos
1: mm-hmm. so
0: it's it's all it's very different but it's all the stuff that i really enjoy so that's really exciting i'm really having a great
1: time i love that it's possible the website is greensock.com and it's it's been around for a long time right um i think jack doyle Since Jack's the probably flash the flash days yeah so you didn't even wasn't even a web thing at first yeah it was a Animation for a different framework entirely, and then, you know, joined the, the JavaScript gang. And it's not even really specifically about SVG, is it? Like it has some helpful SVG stuff in it, but it's really just animation generally, right? You could use it to power a canvas animation if you wanted to, to do such a thing. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the fun thing about GreenSuck, I think. Um, so you can use GSAP to animate like JavaScript objects of any sort or SVG. Um, mm-hmm. properties or just DOM elements um, so I mean for me I I learned JavaScript through playing around with GreenSock on CodePen um, and it was just because it allows you that possibility to play with anything and I, I think that's the key part is like playing with anything you can mess about with all sorts of different technologies um, from this one kind of central point so it's a good way to learn.
1: Yeah that's nice I bet you know I my. I learned it probably through jQuery the most. I think that's somewhat common for people in my cohort, I guess. And there's lots of people probably learning JavaScript through, I don't know, like Vue and React and stuff these days. But your version of that was literally Green Sock. How cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's awfully powerful. And it, w- what makes me so happy about GreenSock is its longevity. It's kind of spiritually how I like to roll on the web too. It's like, we make this product, we're going to make it better and better and better and better over time. And we're just going to be here forever <laughs> kind of thing. I've seen over my career in web design, these type of frameworks kind of come and go. You know, somebody will be like, you know what, I'm, I'm just really excited about animation right now. So I'm going to make it a little library and it you know it probably has some cool aspects to it and they're excited about it for two months and the landing page for it is beautiful and then you know and then two years later it hasn't been touched and didn't really get market saturation or anything it's not a problem I don't mind it it's just that it's like my trust level in them I've learned why bother because <laughs> They just seem to come and go, and GreenSock's always there, just getting better and better and better.
0: I think like a huge part of that is the fact that we're not MIT licensed, which a lot of people find a bit confusing because um, it's not the norm for JavaScript libraries. Um, but we've got this like Club GreenSock model, um, so the majority of like the core GreenSock library is like free for everyone to use um but there's these like plugins and stuff that people can join club greensock and pay to use the plugins um and then that kind of that support allows us to carry on um like iterating and improving and being there and being reliable which is great
1: yeah it it allows of, you to be a business yeah
0: yeah fueled by the the users themselves which is really good
1: sure Maybe we could take that opportunity to dig a little deeper on just that one uh, aspect cuz I think you're right it does I tend to not think about it so much cuz I guess in my world I I see so much stuff on CodePen and people are just doing stuff and in fact I th- I think this is still right that a lot or most of the Club GreenSock oh. plugins all you can use on CodePen and not pay for or be a member of necessarily but the when you want to take that to the web then got join the club is that all it takes, you know, you just you join and then do you have to like, I don't know, say what URL you're going to use them on and stuff?
0: Is no, it- we don't. We don't check any of that stuff. So a Club Green Sock um, membership is it gives the developer themselves kind of freedom to use the tools on any website that they're working on. OK, well, um, of so of tied to the developer more, but we don't we don't kind of um, do phone home scripts or check anything. We kind of just trust people and hope that the trust is reciprocated.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the licensing keeps people honest a little bit, right? Like Because if you work for some, uh, I don't know, a, a company of a certain scale, you can't, you can't play loosey-goosey with licensing, right? So it gives you the yeah, license you definitely. need. Yeah, nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. Every time we we even mention GreenSock on CSS Tricks, I'll get some kind of comment that's like, yeah, but licensing so somehow that's that's locked into people's head. But if you're just using like t- timeliney stuff, you're free to do that, right? It's just the kind of yeah. extra fancy. What are some of the examples of the ones in Club? I think of the ones that can like draw a line. That's a that's a plugin. Yeah. Right? So
0: draw SVG plugin. Mm-hmm. Um, this is testing my my greensock knowledge here. Um, but I mean, the most popular plugin is Scroll Trigger, and that's free to use for for anyone.
1: Oh.
0: Um, that's a um, freebie the scroll
1: trigger? Yeah, that one's huge. Yeah. It's relatively new, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's our newest one, but it's the it's the most popular one. Hmm. Um yeah, and then there's morph svg, so you can morph SVG shapes. That's a club bonus. Um there's motion path plugin. I think that's a freebie. Um that yeah, there's loads. Split text, so you can animate um text individually. Yeah, I kind of like to think that all the stuff that's behind the club. Um, membership you could do yourself if you were really, really stubborn and you had loads of time. <laughs> <laughs> but it just kind of makes things easier for you,
1: sure. Is there kind of like a secondary benefit, too, is that um you don't load these plugins like they're not core. So if you don't need to morph any SVG, you're not like paying for that in the cost of the core library itself, yeah. This episode is brought to you in part by Retool for Startups. So, Retool, you know, retool.com, remarkably good tooling for building admin tools, internal tools, and stuff. Retool for Startups is a special program that they're offering. So, this is what they say after working with thousands of startups, they've noticed that technical founders spend a ton of time building internal tools. Been there, Uh, which means that less time on the core product so we built retool for startups a program that gives early stage founders free access to a lot of the software they need for building great internal tooling the goal is to make it 10 times faster to build admin panels, CRUD apps, and dashboards that most early stage teams need. So they bundled together. It's a free year of access to retool and then $160,000 of discounts for tools like AWS, MongoDB, Segment. you know, really popular tooling uh, for building Uh, any kind of web software, really. So use your Retool credits to build tools that join product and billing data together into a single customer view, tools that convert manual workflows into fully featured apps for your team, tools that help non-technical teammates read and write to the database, and so much more. So it's retool.com slash startups that'll get you to the form to apply for this. So there's, you know, some... Uh, uh, criteria for it like you're less than five years old and things like that not you as a person the company you have to be over five years old as a person i'm pretty sure so check out the site apply join webinars all that stuff retool.com slash startups fantastic so green sock Great animation platform, been around a long time. The core is free, the plugins are paid, um, and then it you know there's releases over time. Remember the you know the release before this one was a really big one. I can't remember all the stuff in it, but it's exciting to see. Always see the you know all the new APIs becoming available, and sometimes the news is extra exciting. Like it got smaller or faster, or you know uses some part of the platform more, and so it really keeps up with the times well. This happened just again just recently. It looks like September twenty-seventh, big release for GreenSock 3.8. So if nobody if you're, you know, barely care about GreenSock, do you need to care? This is more it's mostly it seems like uh the kind of thing that if you're already a a super fan, you you care about the point release <laughs> ones. Yeah. Direction. It's kind of like a <laughs> little nuancey kind of stuff. But let's can we do the feature set just just for fun and like what what um you know people might care about
0: i think that you're right like there's some things in like the point releases that are very niche and only people who are like really deep in the in the g world are going to be excited about them um a good example of that is container animation which is super exciting if you're really in the gsap world but if you're not it's probably quite difficult to understand so this
1: is brand new it's not like a sub 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 api or anything it's a brand new high level api what does it do
0: um so container animation um basically when people are um creating horizontally scrolling sections with animations within them um there's the original way, which was use Scroll Trigger and your browser's native horizontal scroll, and you can set horizontal true and then you can trigger animations within that container. So Scroll Trigger works for vertical scrolling or for horizontal scrolling. Um, But what a lot of people do, because we've got the forums, so we sit in the forums and we see how people are using the tools. Um, And we noticed that a lot of people were trying to create horizontally scrolling sections while you're scrolling down vertically. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: they were doing that by animating containers along the x-axis on vertical scroll. So you can do that with GSAP, but then when you try and trigger animations within that container, it's not actually being scrolled, it's just animating. Oh yeah! So, so we've um, we've made a way that people can animate um, elements within a container that's technically being animated. So it's like nested scroll triggers. That's the TLDR is like nested scroll triggers.
1: I see. So you scroll down, let's say, eight hundred pixels, and then all of a sudden, what used to be a vertical scrolling, I don't know, feeling all of a sudden is not horizontal scroll and you'd see this on like it's just exotic feeling right like you yeah. do this you <laughs> do this just for the fancies and I'm sure some people will wave their fists and say don't scroll jack me and I hate every website in the whole universe that does this but of course the web is a big place and you're gonna see fancy stuff like this out there and I <laughs> Deal with it, I guess. You know, sometimes fancy brand sites, uh, they do stuff like this on purpose to like have an experience. And uh personally I find that's okay. And so in the in this case it was enabling people that let's say now I'm you know, now I'm horizontal scrolling and I'm four panels deep, I can still like count on GSAP APIs to to help me, even though I'm in a horizontal scrolling context.
0: Yeah, that's it. And I mean I I agree. I think that all of these There are a lot of kind of jazzy animation techniques that um, you need to be careful about when you're using them and what kind of users are using your website. Um, But there's so many people out there and there's so many websites and there's so many websites that do so many different things that there's always space for whatever type of animation, I think. And you you do see a lot of, um, as you say, like brand sites, Lots of award sites <laughs> that incorporate that kind of technique.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of vibe to it. And I'm sure there's, you know, th- there's a whole conversation to be had about doing it accessibly. Right. And like, if if it's too weird, maybe it even triggers some kind of, uh, I don't know, my mom gets dizzy, for example, and I've, and I, I don't know what the scientific word for it is, but if I did too much of this the stuff on a website, disorders. yeah. Okay. That you know, that might, you know, she might prefer not to do that. And maybe there's a way to respect, reduce motion or something. There's lots to talk about there, but you know, then there's the the flip side. It doesn't mean that these brands have to not do it. It's just right. There's, there's ways to do it kind of responsibly, but I don't know if Nike knocked on my door and said, you know, here's a $5 million. <laughs> we have this yeah. new shoe. It's incredible. It's anti-gravity shoe. I need to make a bang with this thing. I want people talking about it. It's got to be just this wow bang website. I think that deserves an experience that's unusual on the web. It's not just going to be just some static html that says Nike released an anti-gravity shoe with a anchor link to buy now. It's like it needs pizzazz.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've got on my on my website the um blog post section, you can drag all of the cards for my blog posts around in little tiny browser windows. And I'm pretty certain that that wouldn't fit on most websites. But on my website, it's really fun. (laughs) So I think it depends Depends what
1: you're building, as always. That is fantastic. Yeah. And your name animates. And yeah, it turns out your personal website is a playground for it. Are you using GreenSock for some, all of it?
0: Yeah, using GreenSock for for a lot of it, although I um, I think I made it just before Scroll Trigger came out.
1: Oh, um, funny. So
0: yeah, I should actually go back in and give it a bit of a refactor. Um, I'm terrible for that. Once I make things, it's just like done, next thing.
1: <laughs> All right, so, so that's con- container animation, which I, I like that. It's like we're listening to what our users need and we're going to give them an API that helps them do the things that they're already doing anyway. I think we can all agree that's how good products are made, as long as they kind of fit within the vision and don't cause too extreme of technical debt and stuff like that. But it's been working for y'all for a good decade or more, I think. Okay, so we talked about container animation. What, el- what other APIs? Do we get in 3.8
0: yeah so we've got um a couple of other things and one of them um leads on quite well from talking about accessible animations um so we've got a property called fast scroll end um and fast scroll end we originally put it together with another property called prevent overlaps um and it was to prevent animations from overlapping so, if you scroll down a page faster than animations are triggered, sometimes you can get one animation playing before the last one's finished.
1: That's like a good default, probably, right? Like most people want their animations to end, <laughs> even if. Yeah. Yeah. But the overlap is a bummer sometimes.
0: Sometimes it is, yeah. So, I think if you're kind of triggering certain animations, next to certain text sections. You can occasionally hit the next text section and the previous animation is still playing, maybe like a little SVG animation or a supporting animation on the side. So so if you want to be kind of specific about when animations start and end on scroll, you usually have to um, either scrub them so that they're linked to the scroll progress or be really careful about how short your animations are. But if you've got long ones and you're scrolling down too fast, occasionally you'll just get these overlaps and it'll look messy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So we added these properties just kind of as little bike shedding things, I guess, to help in really niche situations. Um, But then I was putting together a scroll animations talk at the time and I was looking into the UX side mm-hmm. of scroll animations and there was this really good insight from the Nielsen Norman group about how people get frustrated if they're task-focused and they're just trying to scroll down quickly to get to a bit of information. It can be really annoying waiting for all the text to like gradually ease in if you've got entrance animations.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I've had that before. When you're just trying to find some information, you've got to wait for all of the all the text to ease in, all the sections to animate in. It's a frustrating one. That
1: became a little it uh, came a little too hot for a, for a while. Maybe it still is where like, somebody basically put a star selector and every dang thing on the way down yeah. z- comes in from the left or right or something. And it's a little fancy at first, but you're like, what, how is this serving the page exactly again? Yeah,
0: yeah it can be really, really frustrating. Um, so we've got fast scroll end now and you can detect if a user's scrolling above a certain velocity And if they're scrolling above a certain velocity, you can just say, oh, hey, they're in a hurry, end all the animations. So it just automatically completes all of the animations if someone's scrolling down fast.
1: That's great. What a nice little touch. What I like about something like that, besides for it being UX focused and, you know, accessibility focused, and it came, you know, from, you know, your real world usage and from conversations in the forums. I love that. That's how great products are made, I think. Um, it also feels like something the native platform will never do. Like there's no way that there's going to be a spec that says, oh, is the user scrolling fast? Then, you know, <laughs> move animations to their end state. It's like, I mean, I could be wrong, but that feels like the the thing that's best left to a library. That that's how the a spec decision would go. Whereas sometimes there you know I, i've seen more and more I, I don't know what the current status of this is but there's there's scroll triggered css animations kind of on the way and that's cool because yeah. it a you know obviously there's a, a lot of interest in this like trigger anim, uh, some kind of animation or transition when i get to a certain point on the page and i think it's kind of great that the platform is is picking that up but whatever apis we're going to get for that it's going to be like 5% of <laughs> Whatever GreenSock gives us, right?
0: Yeah, um, I still find it really exciting though. Scroll um, mm-hmm. the CSS Scroll Linked Animation spec. Um, I forget what his uh, username is, but Brahmas um, mm-hmm. on Twitter. He's. Um, yeah, I can't remember what his username is exactly, but he's doing loads of really cool demos at the moment using the scroll linked animations. Although it is, it's experimental, so it's behind a flag at the moment. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to enable that to see anything that he's making. Um, but yeah, he's doing a great job.
1: Yeah, I, I know what you mean. There, Yeah, it's just a, it's just nice to see stuff like that come to the platform and CSS just on a tear lately. With stuff like that but there are limits to what it's you know it's ever going to be to be willing to do and
0: yeah definitely i think it's going to be really useful for simple animations but then obviously if you're if you're animating a whole load of things on scroll then reaching for something that has a little bit more control like scroll trigger is going to be best
1: so then there's yeah and you got to wonder what what will eventually make it like in a way i kind of like I'm interested, but don't really care how GreenSock works like deep in the internals, you know, like, do they use the web animation API? Oh, I'm like, I don't know, maybe (laughs) like, is it too early for that? It's a, it's kind of like your business. I almost like prefer not to know, like, well, I don't know, whatever they do, it's the best choice. I'm sure, you know, (laughs) that makes me think of this next one. I'm just looking at the list of the 3.8 highlights. One of them is called is in viewport, which is, um, you know, you'd think is almost certainly related to the intersection observer API we have in JavaScript. I have on my little list a little demo to make. You know, for for a for a thing where you just scroll down the page and there's a video element, and when you can see it, the video plays once and that's it. I saw it on a website, and I'm like, that's a you know, it's simple it's a good excuse to use intersection observer how interesting i don't even need a framework for this but but then i wonder but do i like is it too complicated would greensock make it easier tell me about is in viewport is it related to what i'm talking about there or is it kind of a different
0: so yeah intersection observer is a lot like is in viewport um so intersection observer is very good to know when something is entering the view um but we didn't actually have that as an option with scroll trigger scroll trigger does a lot of other stuff but we didn't have that one particular little option there so we thought that we'd add that in it's basically our intersection observer within scroll trigger um and then in addition to that we've got the position in viewport which is something that intersection observer doesn't do so you can detect exactly where the element is in view so you could say trigger an animation when it hits exactly halfway into
1: um oh half yeah. yeah that seems relevant to me right because if we're if I stick with my movie example at what point would you decide to hit play is it when like the bottom edge of the movie hits the bottom edge of the top of your browser that way by the time it's visible at all it's already playing or is that like too soon because then they maybe they're like the movie's playing too early and you miss some of it so you could wait until it's entirely fully visible to play or when the top edge hits the top edge or like you know and I don't know what the right answer is but the point is the API supports it right whatever you decide the right answer is now you can do it
0: yeah definitely and I think you can you can do quite a lot of stuff like that with intersection observer already it's just a little bit more complicated a little bit more clunky and you might have to do a little bit of math yourself yeah um so it's the that's the thing with scroll triggers it just makes everything a lot yeah. easier
1: I think that's generous I think every time I reach for that API I'm like woof you know like I love that yeah. it. it's off thread <laughs> I like I like everything's possible but there's something about it that feels, um, I don't know if clunky is the right word, but it's like, it's low level, you know, you gotta, yeah. gotta, know what you're doing.
0: I feel like I have to relearn it every time I use it and I've used it quite a lot. And that for me is a sign of
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: potential clunkiness.
1: <laughs> people even say that about, you know, if you write less CSS, some things about grid and Flexbox and stuff is it doesn't feel as natural to people and they're constantly looking stuff up. On that one and maybe that's the same kind of vibe like maybe the API isn't as good as it should be if if you can't every time you have to look it up um, and then there's just one one last one something about snapping
0: oh yes yeah. so um directional snapping that's very deep in the weeds um so that's just down to which direction things snapped in before um, and now it's a little bit more intuitive um so it'll always go in the direction that the user last scrolled in
1: oh because
0: again we kind of found that that was what people were expecting and it wasn't acting in that way so this is the the good thing about javascript libraries is we can move faster you can listen to users feedback and implement it really quickly which i think is the the harder it's harder to do with like low- level web apis and stuff lot lot slower. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can't uh you can't just ship a fix really easy to or you kind of don't want to break it to begin with. Um yeah, I think of that that that's related to to CSS as well with all the scroll snap stuff, you know. I wonder oh, that makes me think of like what would happen if you tried to like you know, build a GSAP powered snapping thing, but then you also put CSS scroll snap stuff on it? Would they fight? Or is GSAP smart enough to be like, I'm gonna turn that off because <laughs> you're trying to use you me. You
0: can use CSS scroll snapping with GSAP, um, but not GSAP snapping and CSS scroll snapping together because that would that would break. But you yeah. you can um there are some demos that we have in our scroll trigger showcase that are using CSS scroll snapping.
1: Oh nice. Yeah, it's kinda like leave it to one technology or the other for certain things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right cool so obviously you know a lot about what's going on with with SVG and animation and green sock and all that stuff fortunately for everybody else out there if you wish you knew what Cassie knew you gotta you can do that right because you have a brand new workshop you put together
0: yeah yeah um i I actually put it together right before covid kind of all went hmm. down um and I did a few in- person workshops and then got resigned to my tiny flat <laughs> and and couldn't do in-person anymore. Um, so I did a few online ones with Smashing Mag and that was really lovely. Um, and then recently I've just started um, running them with the planned crew who are just starting out doing workshops. Um, I think their tagline is take the work out of workshops and they're very, very good at doing that. Um, and that's, nice that's been day. really great because I've been able to kind of control the pricing myself. So I've been able to do de- parity pricing and let people along who maybe couldn't have afforded the workshops before. So that's been really good.
1: Nice. So it looks like it's planned, like with no E planned uh, online dot com. And I, I I don't know, check them out or, or reach out. It sounds, like, it sounds like they're getting started too with, uh, with 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 helping out with workshops. So that's pretty cool. Maybe they'll be in person again. I yeah, like.
0: I'd really love that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me too. Uh pretty sweet. <laughs> so so yeah, thanks for joining me. It's Cassie, you are Cassie-codes on, on CodePen. Um, and the website is Cassie.codes. That's a pretty sweet TLD. You not even think of that. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> More people should have dot codes URLs. Uh, Is there anything else you want people to know or places they can find you online?
0: Um, I am mostly found in the GSAP forums nowadays. So (laughs) if you want to hang out, I'm in there all the time.
1: Um, What a cool success story for forums, you know? I think that they're, you know, uh, like if you want help with with green stock, go there because they are not there they are anything but abandoned they're hopping over there aren't they
0: yeah i i really love it um they're just it's so friendly it feels like stack overflow but with nice people <laughs> and um it's yeah it's really love i think that a great thing about it is that if you google a particular problem you can find it um, right the forums pop up they've got seo whereas i think like a lot of discord communities and slack communities are just black holes so it is quite nice to have forums
1: you kind of built your own seo in that way which is that's the i think that's the product reason to go with forums does it sound so desirable to have like basically community created seo content but that's hard to yeah. pull off right basically you need full-time employees and
0: yeah, guess, definitely. Guess
1: what GreenSock has? Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for joining me. Uh, that this was it was a pleasure to talk. Uh, uh, everybody, check out GreenSock and get animating. Play with them plugins on CodePen.
0: Awesome! Thank you for having me.
1: See ya. Zero, three, one, eight.